0: Conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562 314 4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
1: This is The Sports Edge with Rick Wolf on your flagship station for New York sports. The Fan, Sports Radio 66 and 1019 FM, WFAN, New
2: York. Hi, everybody, and Welcome to this week's edition of Rick Wolf's Sports Edge. I'm your host, Rick Wolf, and I trust everyone had a happy and very filling Thanksgiving Day feast. Now, I I hope to cover two topics this morning. uh, Later on in the hour, if we have time, I want to talk about the psychological impact that injuries have on young athletes. Now we all know that physical injuries are part of the game, but what's not discussed all that often is how do amateur athletes cope with the psychological stress of suddenly finding themselves on the sidelines, not being able to play. Again, that's, that's later on in the show. But first up, as you may recall, on last week's program, we talked about a serious hazing incident with the wall township high school football program which is now being fully investigated by the monmouth county police department the uh, football team schedule was shut down coaches were suspended students had their lives disrupted and on and on just a a terrible terrible cascading of negative consequences simply because a a handful of selfish short-sighted and well cruel kids on the football team didn't think about the consequences of their actions on one of their younger teammates. And as noted last Sunday, it's, it's just so frustrating that these hazing incidents continue to occur at the high school level, and we continue to struggle to find a way to stop and to prevent them. And even worse, I just want to remind you that hazing continues to happen not just around here, but all over the country. Case in point perhaps the most powerful high school football team in the nation the legendary mater day program out in southern california well it made headlines this past week for all the wrong reasons if you haven't heard about this let me share some of the the details with you this hazing case the way the way at least i understand it presents a a new kind of twist on high school hazing and it explains why, in part, the school is defending itself by saying it's, not take, it's taking the accusations seriously, but no one from the football team is being held accountable, at least not yet. In short, there's, there's a kind of accepted and understood practice of the younger football players asking to take on some of the larger and stronger upperclassmen on the team, by challenging them to a physical game of what's known as as bodies or slapping perhaps you, 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 your son has heard of this if you haven't. In any event, this is where two football players away from the field this is where the two football players line up and face each other they're not in pads and they basically trade hard body blows to each other's torso until it gets to the point where one of them finally gives up from the beating. And invariably, it's the younger, the smaller player who surrenders. But only after he's, quote-unquote, proven to the older player that the younger player is worthy of enduring all sorts of serious punches and hits to their body. These are not, these are not mere taps or passing shots. These are real solid punches to each other. And in this particular case out at Mater Day, when a younger player was seriously injured, and according, this comes from numerous major media accounts, none of the other football players who witnessed this beating did anything to step in and to stop this, this barbaric attack. And that's what I find so extraordinary. What they did do, however, these kids who watched this, was to video record the assault. Now, the entire episode has a kind of, well, boys will be boys kind of feel to it. And even the head coach of the team didn't take any kind of disciplinary action. Okay, so no names are being revealed because the boys are all minors, but basically, what we've gathered from their various accounts, it was a younger player uh, who weighs about 175 pounds. He basically endured a bodies session with an older football player who outweighed this kid by more than 50 pounds and is obviously older. There was the... uh, the usual beating and trading of punches. But then the younger boy, the victim, began to get hit numerous times in the face, suffering a a serious broken nose, which required surgery, a couple of deep lacerations around his eyes. Even worse, uh, there were reports of traumatic brain injury from the pummeling to this kid's head. And according to the kid's lawyer, there is ongoing pain, slurred speech, cognitive dysfunction the boy has since transferred out of Mater day and his family has filed a lawsuit against the school in fact the complaint the legal complaint adds that the legendary Mater day head football coach bruce rollinson is well aware of the hazing rituals that go on within his program and rollinson is alleged to have told the victim's father that that the head coach rollinson was in an untenable position as far as disciplining the, the older kid, the attacker, because according to the lawsuit, the youngster, the, the attacker's father, is an assistant coach at Mater Day. <laughs> and then Rawlinson added, quote, if I had $100 for every time these kids played bodies or slappies, I'd be a millionaire, unquote. And that's what Rawlinson, the head football coach, told the victim's father, according to this lawsuit. Now, that seems, of course, more than a bit odd. All I can assume is that at this school, at Mater Day, there is an unwritten expectation that all the football players need to go, <coughs> excuse me, undergo a barbaric rite of passage called bodies. That part of their culture is that it's expected that the younger players have to go this, through this beating in order to gain the respect of their older teammates. And as a result... Because in this case, the kid, in effect, quote unquote, volunteered for this kind of brutal confrontation. The local police didn't file any charges. In fact, the, their attitude apparently is that the, the kid brought the injuries onto himself. I, I don't know if you're following this, but in effect, they're saying that since the kid volunteered to take take part in this body's confrontation it's very hard to now sort of have him go back and and ask for uh uh, you know for police charges to be brought okay put this all in perspective bear in mind that Mater day high school you know it's it's one of the country's most powerful high school football programs over the years it's produced two heisman trophy winners many nfl players and dozens and dozens of top college players (laughs) Excuse me, I'm fighting a cold here this morning. In any event, Mater Day is this year's country's top-rated high school football team, according to rankings by USA Today and by Max Preps. They just finished their season going 11-0 and pretty much steamrolled their opponents. So this is a very, very prestigious high school program in terms of its tradition and success. So how could this practice be allowed to continue? What are the coaches thinking? Because apparently they know about this. The head coach says, yeah, I know about what goes on with these kids uh, with bodies and slappies. How can he allow this? And as again, is it allowed because it's expected that the younger players are supposed to step up and ask for this kind of treatment? That their football program culture not only condones this kind of nonsense, but basically puts it on the younger players to ask for it. Does that somehow make this violent behavior acceptable i just don't get it and the bigger question is if this is being done at Mater day is this kind of mentality exist in other high school programs around here and around the country let's talk about this 877-337-6666 that's of course our number so what happens now (coughs) to the head coach and the other coaches or to the other players i haven't heard or read about any disciplinary investigation I assume the school is simply going to say that this is a matter of litigation and therefore we are not allowed to say or comment on anything that's going on. But really? I mean, the head coach, he's already admitted that these confrontations, these beatings, these rites of passage take place routinely in this program. And in this case, some of the older players videotaped it. How is this possible? As noted, is it because there's just an expectation that the younger kids will quote unquote ask For this body's attack it's very very strange and again the cops have not brought any charges because again their attitude is well the kids sort of asked for this but that's not the way it goes the kids obviously feel this kid was relatively new to the school he felt this is how you gain the respect of your older teammates i want to be part of the team i want to be somebody who's gone through the the hazing ritual so he did this but that's 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 that psychological pressure that should not count Again, I, I just don't understand this. Um, the kid apparently has since uh, withdrawn from school. Uh, according to, uh, you know, the, his, uh, the family's attorney, um, the kid has had some serious uh, medical concerns uh, from this. But again, uh, it just doesn't make any sense. I mean, the, 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 um, the, the school has is, is responded, but it took a long time for all this to play out. This, this beating took place back in February. And the school didn't respond for quite a while. And again, it's just so odd and so strange. And now what I worry about is that this may happen a lot of other schools as well, because apparently it's accepted at the best high school football program in the country. All right, 877-337-6666. Want to get your thoughts about this and what, if anything, should be done to the school? I mean, when I can tell from the school, yeah, they're taking it seriously now, but, again, their season is over. There's no mention of, of, the, of, the, of the football coach or the coaching staff going to be disciplined, suspended, nothing. It's just weird. It's weird and it's scary. And, again, I, I, I don't know if this is uh, – and I'm curious to hear if you guys have heard any about this as well, other situations like this where kids are basically pressured psychologically to step up and ask to partake in this kind of this kind of physical confrontation – Seems very, very strange and very scary to me. The kid apparently is, again, had some, some serious uh, you know issues with his nose being smashed in surgery for that, lacerations to his face, deep lacerations, uh, and of course some serious uh, some brain injuries as well, causing causing slurring of speech and some cognitive issues. This is just stupid. This all could have been prevented. Simple as that. Eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. What do we do? What happens to these coaches? Suppose that was your kid who got beaten up on. How would you feel about this? All right, let me take a time out. When I return, I'll go right to your calls. Stay with me. We're talking right now about this, another hazing incident. Uh, this one took out uh, took place at, uh, at Mater Day High School out in Santa Ana, California. It left the kid pretty seriously injured. Uh, but the twist on this is that because the kid basically, and again, I use the term loosely, quote-unquote, volunteered, to partake in sort of a physical beating by an older player, the kid uh, ser- suffered some serious uh, head wounds and and, and uh, possible brain damage, and now uh, he is his father, his family has uh, filed a lawsuit against the school for allowing this. Again, the police out there haven't really they investigated, but then filed charges because they looked at one of the the video that one of the football players took of the incident. And I assume the cops basically concluded, well, this kid volunteered to get beat upon, so you really can't then come back and claim, you know, that uh, you were, uh, you know, physically assaulted uh, and you were just a victim. But clearly there was an expectation from the school, from the school football program, that this is a rite of passage that younger players have to endure if they want to gain the respect of the older players on the team. Again, Mater Day... Considered one of the very best, if not the best, high school football program uh, in the country. Now, a few more details. Um, first of all, the, as I mentioned, the kids' uh, family filed the lawsuit. Uh, this is a few, more, a little more detail from the uh, the paper out there in Orange County, in California, the Orange County Register. Um, they write that in the immediate aftermath of the the fight, which took place again in early February of this year, the victim, player one how uh, had said he was referred to? Player one, the victim told a member of the coaching staff, as well as the team trainer for the football team, that um, he had basically fallen and hit his head on a sink. Uh, obviously, the kid was embarrassed and didn't want to make a big deal about um, you know saying what really happened. He didn't want to be a snitch in effect. Um, so the trainer then basically spoke with the administrative staff at Mater Day who told him not to call paramedics and actually to delay contacting the kids vict- uh, kids parents. That's according to the file a court uh, file from from the parents in the lawsuit. Parents end up were notified about an hour and a half after the fight was over. Um, so that's kind of screwy and 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 obviously something you're wondering about why why they took so long to either get this kid some serious medical help and why not why they didn't contact the parents. And then uh, after initially declining to be interviewed by, by the, uh, the local police in Santa Ana, uh, the head football coach Bruce Rollinson did finally agree a few months later in April. Remember this took place in February, early February. And Rollinson told the police that he had no knowledge of, of this bodies or slapping or any other kind of hazing in his football program. Now, mind you, that doesn't seem to match up with what coach Rollinson told the victim's dad, Back in February, when the incident first took place about getting, he'd be a millionaire if he got a hundred bucks every time he had a, a kid involved in a slapping incident. So something doesn't seem to add up there at all. Maybe maybe the coach misspoke or it's out of context. I don't know. But that strikes me as curious. Anyhow, this past week, the, the lawsuit was filed against Mater Day High School and the Roman uh, Catholic Diocese of Orange in Orange County Superior Court. And the, uh, the, the local paper, the Orange County Register, reported that the case, quote, alleges negligence, negligence per se, hazing and violation of the California Penal Code, negligent failure to warn, train, or educate, and intentional infliction of emotional distress. So the, this past week, again, this is months and months after this took place, Mayor Day's president of the school finally said in a statement um, that uh, this is from school president uh, Father uh, uh, Walter Jenkins said in part, "Quote: Please know that we take this matter seriously and commit to you all aspects will be handled consistently and accordance with the core values of our institution." Okay. Well, again, we'll see how this plays out. But again, you should know as what I've investigated and looked at all the various uh, accounts about this doesn't seem anybody from the school. Has been held accountable. Nobody seems to have been suspended. Nobody seems to have been in a situation where they've been um, basically disciplined. It just seems like, especially because the kid has now left the school, it seems like it's like okay, we're just gonna you know move on. Uh, after all, there are no police uh, charges. This so it's just a civil lawsuit, and we'll see how this plays out in court. Again, the fact that this kid seems to have volunteered to do this does that make a difference? as he was just simply fulfilling what was expected of him to be a member of the football team. And again, why, why can't we end this kind of hazing nonsense, this cruelty? All right, 877-337-6666. Let's take some calls about this. What should happen here? Is this different from what's happened in the traditional hazing situations where, you know, a kid is basically held down, pinned down against his will? This is this different? That's what apparently, allegedly happened in Wall Township with the football team. How is this different? Is it same? Why can't we just educate kids to stop doing this? Let's start uh, this morning with uh, with Ed Ward over in Elizabeth. Ed, good morning. What would you do in this situation? What, what do you take? What's your take on this?
1: Well, first off, if they're beating a the kid up, I mean, he's got damage to his face and all that stuff. To be honest, Rick, I think that's a crime. You know what well, I mean? I, I think something something has to be seriously done. And again, I I go back to what I said last week when I was on all, all teams. Now it's got to be throughout the United States because it's, it's not just a New Jersey issue. It's it's a national issue. You need to sit down with some prosecutors, uh, people of the law with parents and kids of each sport team. And you got to go over this. If you're going to do this, you know, serious consequences are going to happen. This is, this is different than the hazing in, um, Township again, hazing is hazing. It shouldn't be done. But again, this is kind of serious now. When when you got a kid who's seriously injured and yeah.
2: all. Yeah, I mean, I, I again, we all know and we agree uh, Ed, uh, that yeah, education is the key. We have to somehow. As we said last week on the show, you got to bring in uh, right from the get go. You got to sort of break this this chain. Uh, whether you bring in the local prosecutor to address the athletes and to really sort of go through sort of in your face, uh, you know, warnings to these kids about we're not kidding around. Something's going to happen to you if you are involved in this. It's going to ruin a lot of people's lives. So just don't do it. Um, you know, we know a lot of athletic directors will have this kind of conversation with the, the athletes on the various teams but unfortunately i think sometimes the ad's it's just it just sort of gets glossed over the kids don't pay attention so maybe as you said you bring in a prosecutor uh or, you know who says here's how it's going to play out if you're accused or we find you're involved with the hazing incident now the difference here is the police in santa Ana didn't bring any charges they said well this kid sort of basically you know volunteered to do this on his own yeah but that's not that's not really fair i mean this kid obviously wanted to make an impression with his the new teammates so he volunteered to do this but with the expectation that he had to do this and and he just literally and of course the 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 kid he was facing didn't limit the the activity just to the the so-called ground rules of of bodies or of slapping by like just hitting the kid's body he eventually gotten hitting the kid in the face repeatedly and hurt him bad so i don't know it, it's 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 one, really other wrong.
1: Thing, one other thing i don't care how legendary this coach is i don't care how le- you know how many great players he's had hiding trophies they should fire this guy on the spot for letting this happen <clears throat> especially when he made that statement for, for every time i knew about slappies or whatever the game's called i could be a millionaire get
2: rid of the guy now and I I got to tell you I if I'm I understand old school mentality I understand that uh, boys will be boys I understand this is something uh, we handle our own if we're a football program but that doesn't make it right no this is where I'd really like to shine a little more light into and sit down with the coach and say You know, you think this is okay to allow this nonsense? Do you think this is helpful? How does this help your program? How does this improve your kids' players' performance? How does this make them better teammates? I mean, the coach doesn't seem to understand just how serious this is. And as we said, the the contradictory comments uh, don't add up. And that's where if I'm uh, on the board of trustees or or the president of the school, I like to talk to the coach and say, let's make sure our core values—that's the term the president used—the core values of the institution. Let's make sure we all share the same core values. The idea here is not to bring kids in here and get them physically, you know, uh, you know, beat up. I mean, that's not—that's not—that's not not a good thing. Ed, thank thank you for the call. May move on, but I. I, You know, I, I agree with Ed that something has to be done. We all agree that education is a key. But, brother, we have to do something to really get these kids' attention because we just aren't getting it through. And as I asked earlier in the show, I have a, sus- a suspicion, and I'm sure you do as well as a parent or as a coach, that this happens all over the country, and unfortunately, it's just not reported or doesn't come to light until something terrible happens, like this kid out in California, or something happens like in Wall Township. I mean, it, it's, it's just gotta stop. I mean, I, the only way I can frame this is that if you're the parent of that youngster, and, and that youngster comes home and is seriously hurt, I mean, I can just imagine how distraught and angry and upset you would be as, as a mom or dad if this happened to your kid. And I mean, I, I just, totally preventable, didn't have to happen. Totally cruel, totally criminal. It's just wrong. I mean, I just, I just can't say that enough. And yet, we just can't seem to educate our kids to not do this. It, it's just weird. Let's uh, let's move on. Let's go to a Jack Smithlin over in Farallon. Jack, you know we've discussed this uh, you and me many times over the years, and and it's just, it's just criminal that we can't seem to get over the hurdle to get teenage kids to understand. Now we all know. I know you're going to tell me. We all know this, that bullying is against the law in every state in the country. We know that. But why can't we get hazing, you know, to be understood as well, that it's just a crime? It's just wrong.
1: Uh, how, how is it?
3: First of all, feel better. I can hear you in the background, coughing <laughs> yeah. up a storm. There. Yes, so, yes. Um, but, you know, how is this not a crime? I mean, first of all, this kid asked for it, but he was forced to to ask for it you know if he never st- st- stepped up and asked for this um ritual um the kid would have been blackballed he probably would have never played or ever seen the field yeah. and you know let me ask a, let me ask a question i walk into a bank and i walk up to the teller and the teller says to me hey do me a favor rob me what do you mean well, rob me just rob me okay so the guy takes out a gun he robs all the money is that not, is that not a crime it is a crime so this kid asking for it he didn't ask for it because he wanted it he asked for it because he had to ask for it yeah and if he didn't you know first of all like you you know you and I have talked all the time bullying is a crime in a school we had papers we had papers that we had to write up if a kid said shut up to another kid that's how serious bullying got if a kid excluded a kid from a conversation, that's considered emotional bullying. So there's so many different laws, but physical beating, you know. And you talked about this school being a prestigious school. Well, in my eyes, not anymore. Yeah. I mean, you know what? That that coach is responsible for everything that happens on that in that football program. That AD is responsible for everything that that coach knows. I'm saying get rid of both of them. And I'm not talking about just get rid of both of them. When that football coach knew that this happened, and now a kid is seriously injured, brain damage probably will affect the rest of his life, this guy should be be charged with manslaughter, you know, in the case of this kid being injured for the rest of his life. You know, Rick, this is a crazy thing. And you know what? You have to – these have to be rules – that are put forward when all those parents come in. You know, this year at Fallon High School, where I coached for many, many years, they asked me to come in and talk to all of the athletes at the beginning of the season, beginning of the school year. Every single coach, every single athlete that's gonna participate that year in leadership, in, in sports psychology, even in with parents there, even with parent, um, sports parenting. And you know what? This should be a rule that's put in at the beginning of every year, talk to every single parent in a group setting like I just talked about and individually. And if it happens, I don't care what the the kids immediately removed from the program and the coach should be suspended because he is responsible for every kid's safety on that team. And if this coach knew that this stuff was, was happening, are you out of your mind? Get rid of this guy. I don't care how great they think they are. You know what? I don't care. My kid's never gonna suffer because he goes into a great program. Great programs provide safety and and they teach. This guy's not teaching anything other than brute you know, physical beating, so um you know, Jack, i would have I... loved to talk about your next episode your well, next let
2: me... <laughs> yeah we'll, we'll talk about that uh you know shortly but i <laughs> just to emphasize or, or to underscore what you just said I, again you know this is a case where i agree that, that that you know this this should why are we still having this these incidents take place it's very, it's cut and dried. If you are a coach and you have somehow built up some sort of uh, macho program with your football team and you sort of, you know, have this approach that, well, these things happen. Boys will be boys. What are you going to do about it? No, 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 no. That's like 1970s. <laughs> no kid now these days signs up to play on a sports team in school and, and has to go through some sort of rite of passage where they're going to be physically hurt or endangered. I mean, no. That stops. That's gone. That's over. That's done. And quite frankly, if you as a coach, as an educator, if you allow this or or hear about it and don't take any preventive measures to nip it in the bud, then you know what? You're fired. I mean, I don't I don't believe that we haven't gotten to a point here where a coach would say, oh, I just didn't get it. Uh, Give me a second chance. Uh, It didn't really happen. I wasn't there. No, you're responsible. You're the head coach. End the story. I mean, you just get fired and, and you can't allow this to happen. You just can't allow this to happen. And I'm sorry uh, if you weren't aware of it, but the fact is that uh, you are the, the, the top person. And again, in this case, the athletic director didn't do much. The trainer didn't do much. I mean, really? I mean, really? I mean, Come on. Uh, all right. So it's a great football program, but it's a football program built upon values that perhaps most people whose kids play sports don't share. Physical beatings, intimidation, nah, that's not where I want my kid to learn how to play football or any other sport. Anyhow, Jack, thank you for your thoughts as always. Uh, Yeah, and I do want to um, talk in the next segment about the psychological stresses that kids go through when they are injured. Uh, It's a little far removed from hazing, but it's something that's a topic I've I've wanted to address for a while, and hopefully we can do this today. All right, let me take a time out. When I return, we'll talk about, you know, yeah, kids play sports. It's an assumption of the risk that you might get injured, um, and you have to sit out some games. But how do kids cope with that? It's, it's difficult when you're a kid, because kids are impatient, and they see the clock is ticking on their high school career. 877-337-6666. Stay with me. Back with more right after this. Welcome back to the Sports Edge. Um, I'm your host, Rick Wolf, and I again, I apologize for the occasional uh, coughing uh, spasm. Uh, yeah, I'm dealing with uh, the first cold of the year, and uh, I have my cough drops, and I have my hot tea, but I'm doing the best I can uh, trying to, you know, play through the pain. Anyhow, uh, let me give you a quick update. Uh, a few weeks ago, I had on the show the uh, best-selling author John U. Bacon, and he was talking about his uh, just superb new book, uh, Let Them Lead, Unexpected Lessons in Leadership." From America's worst high school hockey team now I'm I've been tracking this book it's attracting all sorts of wonderful feedback it quickly became the number one uh, best-selling nonfiction book in Michigan when it pubbed uh, a couple of months ago just this past week Uh, Let Them Lead was selected by NPR, National Public Radio, as one of the best sports books of the year. I do plan on having John Bacon back on the show again soon because obviously the lessons and takeaways from uh, that true story of him coaching his old high school hockey team, full of wonderful leadership lessons for coaches, parents, and kids. And I, I will ask uh, John about how how he dealt with any concerns or were there problems with any hazing on that hockey team. Anyhow, let them lead. I uh, obviously endorse it uh, universally. It's a wonderful book. It's fun, fascinating to read. True story. You can get a copy on, on Amazon. Okay. Uh, as promised, I want to talk about what do you do when you're, because look, athletes, high school athletes get injured. Um, and if you're a parent, if, you're, if your son or daughter has been hurting their sport to the point where they have to sit out a few weeks due to an injury, well, you know firsthand how difficult it can be to keep your kid's spirits up. I mean, it could be a sprained ankle, a broken nose, a concussion pretty much any kind of injury that keeps your kid out of the lineup on game day or from practicing with the team during the week. Coping with an injury can trigger all sorts of of concerns for your athlete. Will they get better? How long will it take? How will I know when I'm good to go? How will I react with my teammates and coaches? Do I still go to practice even though I know I can't play? These are the kinds of Honestly, the basic and troubling questions that injured kids wonder about. And they really, really don't get much in the way of guidance. It's, it's you know, young athletes can get angry, depressed, even a non-communicative as, as a team and their teammates move on with the season. Suddenly, your kid's on the sidelines through no fault of their own. And as a mom or dad, what do you do? What do you say? You just offer the kid the bland comments like, hey, don't worry, you'll be back in action soon again. I don't know. I, I'm not sure it's enough these days. Kids, kids are impatient. Uh, they see, they know the clock is ticking on their career. They want to get back to the action. But what can you say to them? It's as simple as that. Okay, let's let's uh, go back to our calls at eight seven seven three three seven sixty six sixty six. Let's go to Rob Freed, Doctor Freed. Uh, good morning. What, what's your take on this on this uh, psychological concern? At, with first kids? of
4: all, thank you for taking this call. I'm very passionate. It was so great to hear from from Jack and, and I know he's got some input on this. Number one, thank you for mentioning me last, last week, which was very kind. And, and I do appreciate that, that what you, what you said about my award. And, and I, I take that a lot of pride
2: in what, what Well, the USA uh, track and fields yes, award. Uh, yeah. That's a big deal.
4: Yes, that's great. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much for mentioning. Now let me go over a couple of things uh, and I have some great input on this. And I actually looked something up on, on this, and I'll give you a quick personal story. Number one, as far as injuries go. Okay. Um, it's something that when I was listening to the running show, I should have been on the Verrazano Bridge that day. And I couldn't, you know, Joel is such a great coach, and I've worked with him in the past, Joel Pasternak, and, and, and he gave some great points. I was so upset that day listening to it. I wanted to call in, but I was, I was really upset because I was, should have been on the Verrazano Bridge running in New York. And the reason why I didn't was my cardiologist uh, said, you know what? You've been having some issues with, with, with uh, I, I, you know, with, not with your heart, but with some bleeding issues. And, and, and I really don't think it's a good idea right now because I'm on Plavix and, and blood thinners. He said, let's hold off on the marathon. You've done Boston. You've done 22 of them. Let, let's hold off on that. Let's get this checked out. And it really upset me, but I, I, I knew it was the right thing to do. Yep. And, you know, I'm thinking to myself, I looked online on, on what, what kids and parents should do. Number one, when you're out and you you can't participate, set realistic goals going forward. Use this time to uh, you know study, think about opt you know being optimal. Visualize yourself being healthy, Think to yourself, you know what? It's an injury. You're going to get over this. It's eventually going to pass. Be optimistic. Focus on the present. Okay, mm-hmm. you know. And I'm looking this up. I'm I'm not basically coming off the top of my head and. You know, I say to myself, you spend months and months of training, and kids go through their seasons, and they this is what they live for. And, and you know what? I spent months training for the Boston Marathon, training for the New York City Marathon. I wanted to be the first guy to uh, that that I know of with stents within a year to come back and run like a 315 marathon, and my cardiologist at the time was all behind it. And, and you know what? It's one of those things, I'll have many, many more chances, because it's something that I right, listen, you you you're upset, you deal with it, but you you have to take it into take what the you know, consideration going forward. It could have been, you know, bad if I would have gone out there. Now, I'll give you a positive story which happened to me. When I was playing soccer in high school, I tore my MCL. Right. And because I tore my MCL, I was in a cast and I think of a pip situation where there's a lot of, you know, people listening that he missed a a game and Lou Gehrig never got off the field after that. And I think a lot of kids are worried about that professional athletes. It almost happened with the Mike White. Everybody was all excited about him. And I, I'm curious what, what they go through on, on their end. But because i had an MCL injury, Rick, something great came out of it. When I came out of the cast back in high school, my orthopedist told me to start running, be, you know, and, and get that quadriceps and the hamstring strong again. Mm-hmm. So that I realized that I, that I had a talent in running. And because of that, I got a college career out of it. And then still at 60-plus years, still at it, competing at at whatever level I'm doing, and I still have the enthusiasm uh, to to keep at it. And and the most important thing I think that I can say for parents and kids is this is really psychological, and you made some great points. There's nothing wrong with therapies. There's nothing wrong with with talking to your coach. And, and, And I think it's a good thing for the kids should stay and go to the games. And I remember when I told my my MCL, I showed up at every practice. I watched, you know, the games. I, I, and, yeah. and it killed me inside because I was a senior, and I never got that chance to play college soccer, which really what I thought I was going to wind up doing. As it turned out, I became a distance runner, and I'm still at it. And the last thing I want to say is, Rick, with the heart, okay? I, I brought this up. I think you know the story. I went for a routine stress test and, you know, after running marathons uh, all these years, I just want to get checked out. My cardiologist said, you know, you got a blockage there." what are you talking about? <laughs> she goes, you got to get checked out. And you know what? Thankfully I did because I w- if I would have had a heart attack, which I never did, I, I probably would not be here. I had the LAD, which is the widow maker. Well, my, my wife would have been a widow. So please yeah. everybody – whatever age just because you're competing or you think you're you know you're okay get checked out thank you for letting me get this point of course no, Rob, uh, we uh, gotta continue this is a great story and you are the best show that wfan has on radio well, because of what you do and i mean that and you take care of yourself with that call
2: yeah thank, thank you Rob. all right well, Rick, so I'll you next week. good smart advice i mean here's somebody who is who is obviously a a a, a his entire life a gifted runner and uh basically said no i gotta i gotta get myself a stress test to make sure you see what's going on and as he as rob just said it basically saved his life uh it's good smart advice um other things i just want to chime in quickly yeah i mean i i do think that he made a good point about the fact that if your kid is injured and cannot play <coughs> excuse me if you're the parent, get your kid to talk about it and, and talk about the, in these days, of course, there's such a huge new horizon, uh, concerns about uh, mental uh, stress and, and doing the right thing for our kids. Get your kid to talk about what it's like and their fears, concerns, worries about being injured and not being able to, to practice or play any games. It's important that they talk about this and, and you as a parent, might have to basically initiate that and and get some quiet time and let them talk. As far as whether the kids should go, continue to go to the team practices, yeah, that's what they were going to do regardless if they hadn't been injured. So, of course, they're still a member of the team. They go continue to go to practices. Um, They go to the games. They maintain their relationship with their teammates. This is what – you're still a member of the team. The fact that you're hurt makes no difference. Don't let them fade away. Don't let them just sort of like, well – That season's over, I'll just move on. No, let them enjoy that that sense of team camaraderie. And I do think that's important. It's a team commitment. um, And the fact that they get injured, well, I'm sorry, but that that is unfortunately, these things do happen. But again, the most important thing is you got to make sure That the youngster is talking to you, and you're giving them as many positive answers as you you can. Because, as as Rob just mentioned, yeah, sometimes there's a silver lining on this. I remember myself when I was in high school, and uh, I hurt my knee, strained my knee my senior year as a football player. I mean, I thought, oh, this is going to be devastating, because I couldn't play for for three or four weeks. Uh, But as I went through physical therapy, I got my knees stronger, uh, which I'd never done before. And ever since then, my knees have been in pretty good shape. So that was a silver lining that I happened to have enjoyed just because of the fact that I, I was dealing with an injury in high school. But you know, you, you, you move on. It's as simple as that. Let's get back to other callers. Let's go to Vince in Brooklyn. Hey Vince, um, thank you for your patience. You're next up on the fan.
5: Thank you for accepting my call. Yeah. very happy holiday to you, everyone, all that good stuff. Listen, let me say something. Um, I'm listening to what you're talking about, uh, about behaving and all that stuff. Yeah. Listen, um, uh, high school is just a, 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 a minor thing, all right? When you get into college and you start uh, joining fraternities and mostly fraternities, <coughs> excuse me, excuse me, a lot of fraternities, you know, you'll you're, you're, uh, you're, you're get a, 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 a lot of the hazings. Right, especially, the you know, the, 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 to get kicked off of campus for certain reasons and things like that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Listen, yeah, you got kids to get, that die off of, of no, foolishness. You know what I'm saying? Well,
2: Vince, and I, I, look, I hear you loud and clear. And, and and I think that's what we've tried to establish. Uh, th- thank you for for the call this morning. Uh, look, hazing is is part of bullying, and uh, the last few years, uh, school districts have finally taken bullying very very seriously. Uh, as as uh, as Jack Smithlin had said early on, you know. Teachers today, uh, they are under a legal obligation uh, to report any kind of bullying uh, activity uh, that they witness in their classroom or on the you know playground or in school in the hallways. They have to report that, and that's that's the first start. But I don't know why hazing, which happens perhaps on a school team, why that's not reported just like bullying is. I mean, the coaches, are teachers or educators. They are under the same kind of guidelines. And why in the world, if you're a coach of a team and you put all this effort, all this time, all this energy, all this passion into trying to build up a sense of a winning attitude and and doing the right thing for the kids and make them feel good about their experiences, why in the world would you allow hazing to take place behind your back? Now again, we know there are some, some, some lunkhead teenagers out there who don't want to abide by the rules, but ho- hopefully if you really beat down the rule over and over again that we're not going to tolerate any kind of hazing on our, on our school's team, that eventually they'll get the point. Or the other kids, the older kids, will stop them from doing it. They're the ones who will intervene and say, no, we don't do hazing on this high school sports team. It's as simple as that. And that needs, that needs to be done. That needs to be done as soon as possible. And again, we'll see how this plays out with, with uh, Mater Day High School out in California. I'd be curious to see how this lawsuit eventually, uh, you know, uh, gets resolved. But it is very, very weird to have a top high school football program where the coaches seem to allow the, this, this terrible kind of hazing initiation, right, for the younger kids to endure getting beat upon by the older players. All right. That's going to do it for me in this edition of the Sports Edge. My thanks, as always, to the Zmad at Ed Arzuman. Uh, hopefully, I get rid of my cold by next week. I'll see you next Sunday, right here on the Sports Edge.
0: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better